Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, love the new music. Welcome into episode 18 of the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. Stacy playing Mixer here. Do some great work there. Hey, listen, you know what? I didn't pick this tune out. <laughs> I normally would have picked something like the Tupac or Biggie or something like that. So Stinger. Stinger with Stinger the credit. Is the one who That's some nice stuff, John. I like the music. Well, thanks a lot, guys. I'm just mixing the mic here. <laughs> just doing a little mixing on the side. Forget about Shaq. We got the stinger. The stinger. The stinger on the mixer. That's some pretty good work there. I want it to start out, start out with the props. First of all, I want to thank our great sponsors at Bubble Up. It is the cloud reimagined. Bubble Up, the new way to visually organize any kind of content all in one place. And hey, we want to welcome Sriracha. everybody. Yeah, on YouTube. This is our debut yes. episode yeah. on welcome. YouTube. We're very excited I because I know, Stacey, you said a lot of your friends your listeners are saying i want to see the reaction Cheers. when you're telling these great stories yeah yeah I've, I've been looking forward to it this is uh something that we've all talked about eventually getting to uh, but first you got to have a, a foundation um and the podcast has been yeah. really really good we've got a lot of great responses and special shout out to everyone who subscribed or listened Absolutely. to any episode um you know just it's really cool that we have so many people you know, we went from having small numbers to we're approaching 10,000 listeners now, which is awesome. We haven't been at this long. Uh, we were amateurs when we started. <laughs> we had some now look, now look at John. Yeah, look at John. He's mixing. On the audio board, doing great work. <laughs> Yeah, this is, he's, he's just, he's sometimes. He's I just want to say good day, mate, to our. That's right. Down under. We yes. have 373 yes. or something listeners. Worldwide yes. audience. Yes. Yeah, shrimp on the Barbie. Yeah, and Listen. our guy Al Foran helped us uh, in, in Great Britain. So we've, that is increased Ireland, as well. Yeah. We've got Ireland. We've got, where else are we big at overseas? We had, we had a lot of Finland, places. Home Finland. of Lowry Marketing. All yeah. the yeah. fans, baby. <laughs> yeah. All the finisher. So we appreciate all the listeners out there. Love you all. We are going to continue to improve the show as we go along. And we're excited about the future and how this is going to grow. And the next step, of course, was going to YouTube. And I hope you've been enjoying Stacy's uh, clips that he's been posting. Our best of Give Me the Hot Sauce and the Bubble Up Roll. I mean, we're, we're having a lot of fun with that. Yeah, I mean, listen, we, we have fun doing this show every week. I, I be honest with you, I love coming here to the Knotless Studios, baby, and <laughs> hanging out with my boys and my girl, Southside Susan. And uh, we just have a blast. I really look forward to coming every week, and we're having so much fun doing this. 
course, you can find Give Me the Hot Sauce on all the major podcast carriers, Spotify, Apple, iTunes. We've got a new association with Podbean that we're really excited about to help us grow the audience. So you can go to Podbean, find all the episodes of Give Me the Hot Sauce. And coming up on today's show, we have a special guest in our next segment. It's going to be the longtime Bulls beat reporter, Nick Friedel, who's kind of polarized the Bulls fan base. Some people think he's been a little bit critical about the Bulls, but you know what? He covered them for a long time in the Tibbs era. And then, of course, the Fred Hoiberg era came in and things changed pretty, pretty rapidly. Listen, listen, he, he is one of the best guys out there he when is. it comes to NBA knowledge. So, you know, I understand, you know, Bulls fans got a little bit upset with him because he, you know, he has a job to do. You know, you can't be a homer and, you know, you got to give him a break here and there. That's yeah, what he's absolutely. supposed to do. He's supposed to be objective. Um, he's going to speak highly when they do well. And then when they're not playing well, it's his job to also say that, too. So I'm a big fan of Nick's always has He's a good friend of mine. So I'm really excited about him coming on the show today. As we tape the show on a Wednesday afternoon, the Bulls have lost their last two games. And both Stacy and Stinger have seen the Denver Nuggets up close and personal the last couple of days. Nikola Jokic is MVP. really trying to improve his MVP candidacy. Because most people no. are saying no. Joel Embiid and LeBron. But I know that no. uh, you feel pretty strong on no, John. No, 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 no. Not improve. <laughs> he is the MVP. Yeah, you, but his team's record's not that good. I, I don't care. I mean, he is the MVP. The voters care, though. No, well. I'm, yeah, the voters. Well, <laughs> no one cares what you think. <laughs> well, they will. Well, when I'm right on this one, because remember, draw a line in the sand. Oh, remember, man. the top of the West is <laughs> filthy. The top of the West is filthy. You know, with Utah, Denver, the Clippers, the Lakers. But I'm going to tell you, after watching and talking with King, the night that he completely demolished the Bulls and what did. he did, yeah. and I like to see more of that telestration stuff, Stacy, where you were, you know, so acute on showing the double. And seeing how dangerous he is when he gets doubled, they couldn't get the squirrels running fast enough. Stacy yeah. was calling for it, but yeah. they couldn't get it up. And then yeah, exactly. And then last night, <laughs> there's technical issues on the here, telestration right. note there, buddy. I, I didn't you want know. to bring this. I can in. only do so much. Yeah, yeah. Right. I didn't want to bring this in so early, but I'm just going to drop this right here. Okay, 50 career double doubles in 416 games. There's only one other center that has 50 career triple doubles and it is will chamberlain will chamberlain and, and how many games did Wilt do it in if I you couldn't tell you you got to check the folder. well you know why you got to check the you know why because, <laughs> because in the bubble he didn't pass folder. the ball to like his 15th well, season in the first league. of all first of all there's like a million things in the bubble up folder so maybe if you would tell us where it actually is then well we you can organize it. it you know yeah, organize it just you know put it in categories there buddy I, I, don't just put a thousand things in there and say go find it i'll get my best person on it but hey here, here's the, here's the deal 713 games yeah 713 games for wilt to get to 50 career triple doubles it took the joker 400 yeah the joker was no joke the other night at the united center stacy i'll tell you what wendell carter did the best he could but he is undersized he got overpowered by that big man inside listen it was it was gulliver's travels the <laughs> land of the lilliputians that's right that's all i'm gonna say he was a giant going against little people okay yeah. listen I, I thought Embiid was big and 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 Embiid is very big and he manhandled the bulls too he's manhandled everybody you know, but this kid is a little bit different because of the fact that, you know, not only can he post up and, and, you know, go to work on you in the post, he brings the ball up the floor like a guard. I mean, they hand him the ball and say, get us in our play, you know, and, and you watch how he passes the ball. He's never in a hurry. He's not the most athletically gifted person. Like I said, if you had a pickup game, he would be the last guy picked on the pickup game. People would be laughing at him when he came into right. the gym. But if you got him on your team, you're never losing 
the whole day. There are going to be people mad saying, how in the hell did we lose to this bad body dad out here? You know, that's what they'll be saying about Joker. But what? Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, he's highly skilled. He understands the game, his basketball IQ, and his teammates understand like where when they cut hard, he's yeah. gonna get the ball. Yeah. He knows where the three point shooters are. Both him and Murray just have this rapport with one another. Like they just get it. They understand each other. They're on sync to with one another. The point guard and your big man. And when you have that man, and, and if they can find a third or fourth guy, I still think at the end of the day. They're going to be a team in the Western Conference Finals. I, I just, yeah, they're going to move up the standings. No I, question. I, I just don't see anybody that can match up with them other than the Lakers. Billy Donovan, one of the things I really like about him, he's very refreshing with his post-game and pre-game news conferences. He admitted afterwards, he was asked about, why didn't you double-team Jokic? And he goes, well, the guy passes so well. Denver's got three-point shooters. They've got guys cutting weak side. If you send double-team help... He's just going to spot the open guy for a three-point shot or, or a layup or dunk. And it's it's the challenge that everyone faces because, as, as Stinger found out the next night when they just routed Milwaukee, it's not easy to defend this guy because he is so versatile. Well, there, there are certain things you can do defensively against him to just try to upset the timing right. and the rhythm of what they do. One of the things I said, I know against the Bulls, for instance, they were allowing him to bring the ball up the floor like a guard. And he would walk up the floor with the ball right down the middle of the floor like he was the point guard. Those are areas where you tell your center, which is athletic, Wendell Carter Jr., get up and work him. Get up yeah. and turn him. Make him have to dribble with the rest and have to get rid of the ball earlier. Because he's not he's not under any kind of pressure bringing the ball up the floor. He's just walking. That's his rest time. I'm going to walk up, you know, six seconds, <laughs> seven seconds. I'm going to walk up the floor and then get us in our offense. But if you're putting pressure on him, those type of situations. And then defensively too, Mark, you don't necessarily have to double him from the same right. place. You can double him from baseline. You can come from the high. When he puts the ball on the floor, two dribbles, come get him. You know, but where the problem is with teams is, is their, their inability when he does have the post – is to be able to rotate where they're supposed to rotate to. Understanding who you're running out to and who you can let shoot a three and who you can't let shoot threes. I just think uh, it's interesting what King's saying because it's making adjustments. And I've got to tell you, from the other side of it, you know, the Bucks came in, they'd won five in a row, they beat the Clippers. Giannis was out of his mind in that game and he was getting the ball late and they were finding him. The start of that game, Malone decided to let him dunk. He had like seven dunks. We were like, what's the record for dunks? Because he was just dunking the ball. <laughs> but all of a sudden, they brought the wall in, and they couldn't really make the adjustment to the wall. And then I think, you know, it, it confused some of the Bucks players. But like what Stacy was saying last night, what Jokic is doing is like, all right, come out and try to guard me. He was shooting a lot of those fadeaway. Well, they thought Brooke Lopez footer. could stay with him. Yeah, no. but yeah, he can. No, no, no but no. Th that's the thing. He can no. shoot that. It's like he's a seven footer. Jokic is slow, but Lopez is slower. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's no way in the world that match up because what happens is, is that you have to honor his three point shooting. That's you. You can't just say, "Oh, let him have that shot." We're going to take something away. Let's take away his post game, but let's give him the three point shot. No, you can't do that because he's shooting close to you know thirty eight, forty percent from the three point line. One thing, we, we, we talked about Embiid getting the 50-burger. We talked about Jokic. Now, tonight you got Zion as we're and taping. And he's been playing so great. And he, I think he's number one or two in paint points. And like Stacy has said, when he gets the ball going downhill, how are the Bulls going to counter? And what are they going to do tonight to stop that? 
Nobody's been able well, to do that. Well, I mean, listen. I mean, great players, you're not going to be able to stop them completely. But what you can do is try to do things to slow them down, give them different looks. One thing about Zion is, is that if he gets the ball in the post, it's quick moves. It's very decisive moves. He doesn't sit there and go, you know, hold the ball. Let me think about what I'm going to do here. He's gone. And so you've got to try to three-quarter the post a little bit. You've got to try to give him different looks. you got to meet him before he comes down and gets set in the offense. And then you've got to make star players play defense. You cannot have guys out there who are not going to go back at him offensively to make him have to guard people. If he's out there, for instance, you know, he's guarding someone, let's say, you know, like a, a Felicio, just using him as an example. He's not going to guard Felicio. He's going to double the ball. He's going to help off on other people. He's not worried about Felicio. But a guy like, you know, Thaddeus Young, he has to guard because Thaddeus will take him inside and, and, and go to work on him. I was going to say, if Felicio's on the court, we got all kinds of problems. Yeah, yeah. You know. Wow. Wow. Wow, Tyson. Tyson's well, hey, biting the ear. Hey, somebody was there. asking me a question about defending Jokic the other day. And I, and I went through the three centers. I said, well, Gaffer's out of the rotation. And Luke Cornett, he's seven feet, but he's not strong enough to hold position. I said, Felicio, he's got a nice contract. You know. Wow. Mark, you let your hair down. Don't wow. show up. I just got a cut today. Tyson. Yeah. Tyson's over there biting ear low. <laughs> hey, you know, John, the one dangerous thing about being on YouTube now is, is people are going to see your day drinking. Well, well it is. <laughs> I, 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 documented. First of all, you know, as Arnold Schwarzenegger says, I drink better. It's a man's drink. And second of all, it is March. And when you're Irish like Tim and I. I'm his, I'm his sponsor. It's okay. still, we, we celebrate the whole month. <laughs> well, first of all, first of all, I'd like to thank Mark for throwing you under the bus. Yeah. No one even saw that. No, no. He, 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 he did it earlier. I didn't mention him when it was going on. Way to get him, Mark. No, he, he took a big well, swig earlier in the show. So hey, if you're watching hey, on YouTube, you're not missing hey, anything. Southside Sis wasn't even paying. Southside Sis wasn't even paying attention. Well, she's going to drive back. Because normally he only gets half a beer. So she wasn't even paying attention. So he, he slipped a bottle in and you told on him, way to go, Mark. Way to go. Just stab him in the shower scene, baby. Ugh, ugh, it's amazing ugh. what a haircut the, the camera, can do, huh? The, the yeah. camera catches all when he takes a big swig on camera. What are you going to do? I mean, you know, it happens. He's going to go under the table just like he's doing right now. Hey, let's get back to the Bulls. Uh, Arturis Karnishevis met the media for the first time since preseason the other night before the Nuggets game. Now, people wanted to talk to him because he was facing his old squad. I didn't think he said anything particularly newsworthy. You know, he said that it, the trade market, which the deadline is March 25th, is going to be different this year because so many teams think they're still in it. So it's going to be kind of a seller's market. I think the Bulls will use these next couple of weeks to see how they do with the one-loss record, where they stand in the playoffs, and probably act accordingly, Stacey. Well, I mean, right now the big trade piece is Thaddeus Young. Right. You know, he's the second most sought-after person behind Bradley Bill that you hear a lot of the GMs are talking about. Um, but he's playing so well for the Bulls. <laughs> it's like, you know, that is like he might be a long-term fit here with the way he's playing. And and he's a great guy. And this is, you know, I think I, I think people look at this year as being like a shock. Like, we didn't know Thaddeus Young could do this. But if you go back and you look at Thaddeus' career, he's been a starter his whole career. He's been a big-time player his whole career. But he's played in smaller markets. You know, he was in Indiana. He was in Minnesota. He started off in Philadelphia where he's a key piece on on, on those teams. Um, you know, but he, he's a heck of a player and, um, you know, it'd be tough for the Bulls to, to part ways with him. But, you know, if you get something in return that's worth your while, and, mm -hmm. and especially if they look at their team not being where it needs to be, because you got to remember, you know, they only brought, 
you know, AK and Mark, you know, they're only two players they've got here is, is um, Patrick Williams and Garrett Temple. Right. Those are the only two guys. Yep. The rest of these guys were, you know, were from other situations, other general managers, you know, traded through here. But so I don't know if they're as loyal to, to everybody, you know, as, as you would think. And, um, Susan, what are you doing? I'm just <laughs> I thought it was an assassination hey, the, attempt. The, the camera catches <laughs> all. Yeah, yeah. I think Susan forgot we were on YouTube. She's like moving around the room like we're just doing a podcast. Sound out of your iPad. Oh, okay. So I was getting ready to get hey, the pepper spray. It's quality control. I was getting ready to get the pepper. I thought it was an assassination attempt. I'm over here talking. I'm like, who let this person in the room? Security. Do you Security. really? Do you really need pepper spray for Southside? Hey, listen, listen. Oh, wow. Now listen. Yeah, hey, listen. I didn't know it was Southside. Okay, she just snuck up behind me. I didn't know. She got out of the out of the rear view mirror over. I didn't have one on, so I didn't see her. I just saw a shadow of a person coming. So and she only had one arm. Wow. Oh, wow. no. Oh, no. Dead again. Episode, okay. What, what episode was the one arm? <laughs> what episode was the one arm? The one arm playground five. fight. I think yeah. it was episode five. Ep- episode five. It was episode five. So you want to check that out. That was a great story. You guys want to check. check. He, he, he brought up something from episode five. Growing up 70s. It, when growing up 70s, when I was a child in kindergarten, I got jumped the by a girl. The one time he got, I got The one time I lost a fight. I'm 100 and 0 and 1. And I don't really count that one as a loss because my mom always taught me not to hit girls and she had one arm so you got to go to episode yeah. five to hear that whole check story check that out but tim he when you know whispers he doesn't say much <laughs> but when he says <laughs> he something it's impactful <laughs> so that was an impactful statement whispers like that whispers i like that hey stace the other thing that i got from our tourists was it sounds like he is very intrigued by what potential lowry marketing has you know he was asked about marketing and possible contract extension possible trade and he goes you know he's met expectations before he got hurt he was averaging 19 points a game shooting 50 percent from the field 40 percent from the three-point line it sounds like that's a guy that they would like to keep if they can get the the business of basketball the contract work i'm going to tell you what you know you got to be careful if you're bulls fans and you want to give up on lowry market yeah okay you don't find anyone at the collegiate level that can do what he does right now. You don't have seven footers out there that can score, post up, pass, shoot it. So you got to be careful when you say because he's not playing. It's not like he does not want to play. He's had injuries. He's had some bad luck. And I, I know sometimes fans get very frustrated. Yep. But when he's on, like he was having a heck of a season. Like this is a contract year for him. So. Um, before he got hurt, he was putting up some really good numbers. And lo and behold, comes back, gets hurt again. You know, I don't know how close he is to coming back, but I still believe, honestly, and I've said this since he's been here, he's a key piece for this team going forward his future. Because he he's young, he's seven feet, he can shoot the ball. He's a unicorn. He, he's really a unicorn. If I had to take him uh, and Porzingis, I'm taking Lowry, 100% of the time. Yeah, Porzingis, after the knee surgery, can barely move. I mean, he's such a defensive liability right now. He's hurting that team. Yeah, and and, and he's more content shooting threes. Whereas mm-hmm. Lowry now, with under Billy Donovan, has really expanded his game. You know, he's gone to the post. He's gone mid-range. He's putting the ball on the floor. And he's not just camping out at the three-point line, as we saw him do last year. And on top of it, you can see that he's enjoying playing now. He's he's, play, he's enjoying playing with his teammates. He's enjoying playing with Billy Donovan. He's got a coach that's putting him in situations to succeed. And uh, it's just been, like I said, it's just been some bad luck. But 
I, I'm with AK, man. You can't just give it. You can't let that kind of guy walk out the door, man, because you may not ever see yeah. it again. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what Nick says about Laurie because he was there in the Madison Square Garden where he had that career night. Right. You know, he's he seen, dunked over Porzingis that yeah, night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned Chris Tapps and his teammate, Luka Doncic, has been in the news a lot. Dallas is on a hot streak. They're moving up the Western Conference standings. And, you know, a number of people have been comparing him to the great Larry Bird because, you know, like Larry, he's not an overwhelming athlete, but he gets anywhere he wants to go on the court, has unlimited shooting range and contributes in so many different ways. What do you think about that comparison, Stace? I've said that from day one. Yeah, I've said that from the very first time we saw him when we played him in the preseason game. I said, this is Larry Bird 2.0. And. And it's not not sliding him because he's a, he's you know not athletic. Luca's a better athlete than what people think. I think he's a better athlete than Larry Bird. To be honest with you, he can put the ball on the floor. He he just doesn't move as fast as we're looking at guys in the NBA in today's game that you know get from point A to to Z in like seconds, where it may take Luca a week to get there. <laughs> but you still can't stop him. Can't stop. You can't him. stop him, man. He can shoot. How many game winners has he made in the last couple clutch. of years? I mean, he's clutch. clutch. He's got that clutch gene, mm-hmm. and he's a guy, Mark, that I I can. When LeBron is done, he's a guy that could easily be the face of the NBA as we know it in the next, you know, five years. Might be him and Zion. And Zion, John Morant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you've got a ton of you got a ton of young talent. The NBA, you know. Trey Young, you know, you've got a, a ton of young stars who are just, you know, just starting to get to that superstardom mm-hmm. level. And Luca's the guy out in front of all that. Yeah, we saw DeAndre Ayton last week. He's coming along as a young center with Phoenix. Phoenix beat the Lakers last night. Yeah. They're third in the West right now. And I think uh, LeBron, didn't he have an ankle situation? He's sitting out tonight. Yeah, he's sitting the out first tonight. game he's going to miss. Hey, can, can I just make a disclaimer? Sure. Because um, I watched Larry, but I know King played against Larry. I watched almost every one of his games growing up. There's one thing that Luca will never be. Trash talker? Maybe that. <laughs> but there's another thing. What? And he'll never be as tough as Larry Bird. Because that guy was tough. And that's all I'm going to say. That guy jumped and got on the floor <laughs> and led the league in floor burns. And he took more elbows. I saw him take an elbow to, from Tree Rollins. I'm sorry. He'll well, never that, be tough. That, that fight with Dr. J wasn't real tough, though. No. He didn't want to throw a punch there. Let, uh, come on, King. Am I right on that one? <laughs> another disclaimer from the other side of the room. Yeah, another you, disclaimer. You can see the reaction listen, on YouTube. Listen, no, I, I will say this. Larry, Larry Bird was, was very tough, okay? I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. Larry, Larry Bird's tough. If I gotta go in a foxhole, I'm going with Larry Bird. If I gotta go down a dark alley in the streets of Boston... I mean, I can walk by myself because I'm a bad dude, my dang self. You know, I'm good with these hands. But if I had to, if I had to take somebody to be Larry Bird, you know, Luca cries a lot. Luca kind of <laughs> complains a lot. You know, you'll never see Larry Bird crying no. to the officials, but Luca's always like, you know, with the hands, like, please call me, coach. I'm Luca. Call foul. You know, yeah, he, he cries. does a lot yeah. of whining. You know, and that doesn't mean he's not a great player. He is a great player. I'm a big Luca fan, but you never saw Larry Bird. You never saw these guys. I mean. Like you know, pleading for calls and stuff. You know, yeah, Larry Bird. Larry Bird slyly tell you like, you know, hey, hey, you owe me a foul. Give me a foul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then next had, play, Larry foul. had to wear those shorts too. Wow, <laughs> that was tough. Oh, that 
that was tough. Oh, you noticed yeah, the shorts, huh? Yeah, you, he's the only guy in the room that noticed the shorts. Well, you're the one wearing them under your jeans right now. We all know that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, I think this is a good time to bring our guest yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. He's a John the, Stockton the, the things fan, are getting too. a little bit the out of Stockton control. Stockton shorts. He wears those at the health club. <laughs> Hey, don't don't bring that up. <laughs> you talk about an imprint. <laughs> All right, we're gonna Man, take go. a quick time Woo! out here, bring in the great Nick Friedel, talk about Tibbs and the Knicks and all things bowls. Next on Gimme the Hot Sauce, Dr. John on the mix. Yes, can you feel the love? Loving the new music here on Gimme the Hot Sauce. It's a great way to introduce our new friend. You know, Nick, we were going to bring in the old uh, ESPN 1000 jingle, but they got copyright to it. So, you know, the thing ends with, and he loves Steak and Shake. When's the last time you've been to Steak and Shake? Nick Friedel joining us on Gimme the Hot Sauce. Oh, man, it's great to hear y'all's voices. But, Mark, it's been a while because I went back home to Orlando uh, during the break, and my two steak and shakes are shut. Through the pandemic, like all of us somewhere. But the, my two that I grew up going to, they are no longer. Yeah, I oh. think here in the Chicago area, they're pretty much gone, too. I, I mean, found one the other day, Nick. You? I was up in Crystal Lake, baby. And I was hungry. For me, my man. <laughs> I, I was hungry, baby. I, you know, very seldom. You know, my wife's from Crystal Lake, so I was I was starving. So I said, "Man, I'd I like to find a steak and shake." And then all of a sudden, it appeared, man. I, I thought it was just a so gift from right God, yeah. brother. Because you know, hey, steak and shake is the best. Is the best. The best hamburgers. Best. Period. I yep, found one. Some at two a.m. after a game. That's <laughs> yeah, they had a White Castle, and them White Castle run right through you. They slide down pretty quick. <laughs> a real a slider is for real. That's what they named it. Slider. It's a real slider. <laughs> you know, Stacy, I took my my son on a visit. He's checking out law schools. We went out to check out Cal Berkeley in the Bay Area. So I had to get a recommendation on a cheeseburger from Nick Friedel because he has scouted them all over the country. Wow. He gave me a great recommendation, and, and we enjoyed it. So Nick, you you could publish a book. You could do an online service. I mean, you're a versatile guy. I'm I'm ready for it, Mark. In case everything <laughs> falls apart at some point, the the burger aficionado game is probably where I'm headed. Hey, we want to talk to you about all kinds of things NBA. We could we should probably start with the Bulls, and and they're having a, a nice season under Billy Donovan. Obviously, not much change to the roster, but a new front office, a new coaching staff, and it seems like he's freed up a lot of these guys. They're playing with a lot more freedom on offense, and it's led to a, a, them being in playoff contention. What have been your observations from afar watching this young Bulls team? They play hard. And guys, after all these years, it's nice to see that again on a regular basis. I've always liked Billy a lot. I think he was a really nice choice by the new front office, and I think that's the key. You get the right coach in place, and you get him leading the direction of the team uh, in a good way, and things can happen. And it reminds me from a distance, obviously there's not the same talent on the roster right now, but it reminds me of when Tibbs came in and everybody kind of went, okay, <laughs> everybody knows where to go and everybody knows where to be. And uh, on top of having Billy there and, and Arturis and Mark Eversley, it just feels like there is a change. And from, from where I sit, it was a needed change. Uh, I think it was a few years past due, but they made it happen finally. And it, 
it's good to see. And then you get the play of Zach Levine, who I know uh, is going to the All-Star game, and he's had a hell of a year. I think there are building blocks here where you think that all the bad times that everybody's dealt with for a while, those might be finally going away. When you when you talk about building blocks, and one of the names that always pops up is Lowry Marketing. You know, he's had some bad luck the last couple of years due to injury, Nick. You know, this year he's had some bad luck. He started off, you know, very, very well when he has played. He's put up some very nice numbers. You know, what what do people on the outside think about Larry Markin? Is he, is he a long-term answer for the Bulls? Do you see them moving him at some point? You know, what, what do you think about that? I don't think so. I don't think he is a guy that you're going to give a huge deal to, and then he's going to lead you back to the top. I mean, we all sat and watched that rookie year, and I can remember being in Madison Square Garden, and Lowry, Lowry was dunking on dudes, and he was dropping like <laughs> 35, 17, and you're going, whoo, this guy is, is it. This guy is kind of going to be that next face of the team. And because of injuries, because of inconsistencies, I think when you talk to people around the league, they're just trying to figure out who Lowry is still. And that's not a good sign a few years later when you're trying to decide, do you want to pay this guy? Do you want to make him a long-term piece? So for me, I know he's had better numbers to start this year, but then, of course, another injury popped up. I'm moving him if I'm the Bulls because the number he wants and the number that they would feel comfortable giving him right now based on what he's done seems like a very, very wide margin. So uh, I'm not sold on Lowry and and I'm not sure what they're going to end up doing because he has talent very clearly, but I don't know if you could trust that talent to get them to a different point. How about Zach Levine? I mean, you mentioned him earlier, Nick, he's having a great season, his first all-star game appearance. And I know that you took a little heat from Bulls fans on social media because you accurately pointed out in the defensive metrics, he ranks near the bottom in the NBA. It's funny how polarizing this guy has been. Remember when he signed that offer sheet with Sacramento? A lot of Bulls fans are going, "How do they? why do they match that for? Now that's one of the best value contracts in the NBA. The Bulls face a unique situation with Zach that they could potentially use cap space to try to extend him this coming summer. But Zach and his agent, I'm sure, are going to want a max contract. Would you invest a max contract in Zach Levine? No. Flatly marked, no. And to Zach's credit, I was one of those people a few years ago when that deal came down and they matched. I was like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And he has absolutely exceeded that. And and he put in a ton of work on his game. I mean, I laugh, guys, because my mom, she's still in Orlando. She she watches Stace. You know, she watches every Bulls game still, just a diehard. And she's like, go easy on Zach Levine. (laughs) He's he's had a a heck of a stretch here. He's playing really well. But I think for me, I look at what happened a couple years ago. And this is framing where I am on this issue. The Bulls did not want uh, to give Jimmy that that super max. I think it was like $224 million. They did not think he could be the face of a title team. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, can, can Zach be a max guy? And Zach is a hell of an offensive player. When he gets hot, it, I mean, it's like a designated hitter in baseball. He is rolling. Offensively, he's awesome. It's the other parts of, of the game. And I know he's gotten more efficient. 
I know he's been a, a better playmaker, and I know the defense is at a better point than it has been. Zach Levine is going to improve, but Mark, to me, flatly, given what I see right now, uh, I would not invest $200 million into Zach believing that Zach is going to take the Bulls up to that title contention again. And and it goes back to it. And I was getting crushed a few years ago because I thought in the <laughs> moment uh, that they were right to to move Jimmy when they did. And, and obviously, Zach is a lot more well-liked, it seems, internally than Jimmy was. Although, as we know, Jimmy was beloved, but uh, everything got kind of got out of control in those last couple of years. The issue to me is I'm just not sure if Zach is going to be that total player that is going to lift everybody else up around him. Uh, and maybe, again, in a few more years, I'll be happy to say, hey, I was wrong. He proved me right. But right now, given what we know, uh, that is not a deal that I would want to get into because the lens changes. Zach on a, a deal that's paying him $20 million a year, that's great. Zach on a deal that's paying him 40 a year, things are going to look uh, a little different at that point. When you, when you look at the Bulls – point guard situation you know what what's your interpretation from the outside looking in you know Kobe White's development as a point guard do you do you look at him Nick as a long-term answer at the point guard position uh that he's going to be a guy that they're just going to have to groom into that position and he's going to have to grow in that position or do you see the Bulls at some point saying they don't think he's a point guard and go in a different direction says I don't think he's a point guard <laughs> I mean I watch these games here and there where I can. And I know the numbers have been there sometimes, but I, I just, I don't think he's a point guard. And I think that was the issue all along when he was coming out. Everybody kind of went, is this the guy who's going to set everybody else up? Or is this a scorer who can get to the rim sometimes who's kind of masquerading as that point guard? If it's me and I'm the Bulls, I'm, I'm looking for somebody else now. Uh, and this is, again, somebody with a lot of talent but if you're looking for someone to set up the offense and you're looking for that guy who's going to get everybody else involved, as I watched Kobe White, I, I don't see it. I mean, maybe, again, it, it's just like the Levine conversation. You can be on either side. He's going to get better, Kobe White is. And do you trust that he's going to get better in, in being that point guard of the future. I mean, I'm, I'm having flashbacks right now to Gar saying that so many different times <laughs> as we go through it, but uh, I, I don't think so. And I think that's one of the things they're really going to have to shore up as they figure out what they want to do with the roster. So if you're keeping track at home, all the Nick Friedel yeah. haters out yeah. there <laughs> wants to trade Lowry Markin and doesn't want to max out Zach Levine because it's not worth it. And Kobe White's not the point guard of the future. Other than that, though, yeah, the Bulls, Bulls are Nation. doing great. So it's uh, at, at Nick Friedel on Twitter. Make sure you do that. Hey, let me ask you about somebody else you can bash. The uh, Rising Stars rosters are just been announced as we're taping on Wednesday afternoon. And neither Patrick Williams nor Kobe White was named to the U.S. squad. Of course, they're not going to play the game because of the pandemic pandemic restrictions but what? they did want to name yeah what but they did name the squads but check out the u.s roster what it's pretty darn good it's zion john morant Lamelo ball <laughs> anthony edwards tyrese halliburton tyler hero deandre hunter 
Michael Porter Jr., James Wiseman, and the one you maybe can question would be Keldon Johnson, but San Antonio is having a nice year. Man, yeah. Patrick Williams Patrick should, Williams be, should on be on there. there. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, Patrick Williams should is, be is on Patrick there. Is Patrick Williams a keeper for you? Are you trading him so. too? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what he can do over the next couple of years. Look, I, look I, I think uh, Pat Williams has a bunch of talent. And anybody you talk to in that building will tell you, hey, he, he could be that guy that, that the Bulls are, really need him to be over time. And and I give this front office credit because I think a lot of people around the league, when, when the Bulls uh, picked Williams, they went, that high yeah really and you see the flashes the question with with any young player is can they turn the flashes of talent into something more over the next couple years so my hope and if you're a bulls fan you've got to just believe that with pat williams and (laughs) and And who else (laughs) that, that all these people uh, myself included, who are saying, ah, you know, you're good, but you don't belong on this roster, or you're good, but you don't uh, deserve this contract right now. They use it as motivation. And that's when you have this kind of young team, you always hope that somebody can can keep pushing that level. And we saw it. Certainly, I, I look back on Joe Keem, all, all the, the people through the years are like, ah, he's good, but he'll never be a difference maker. And then he was right there near the top of that MVP voting, won a Defensive Player of the Year award. I look at Jimmy, how many people were like, ah, you know, he's good, but he's just a defensive stopper. And he used all that negativity and all that doubt, and he pushed himself to become what he is now. So uh, you hope that history repeats itself uh, in that conversation. But I was a little surprised, too, that the Williams wasn't on that roster. Now, we, now, Nick, we just got a chance to see Denver come through on their East Coast their run here. And I know they've been battling injuries all season long, guys in and out of the lineup. You know, but looking at, at Jokic, you know, in person, like I've seen what he on TV what he's doing. <laughs> but I, I came away the other night going, wow, man, th- this kid is a lot better than what I thought. And this is gonna this kid in Denver is gonna be a problem once they get everybody healthy. Because you remember, Murray has been battling a shoulder injury all season long. So he hasn't been 100%. But he's starting to get to 100% now. This is a team, do you think this is a team, when it's all said and done, um, they'll match their 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 situation they did last year in the bubble and be able to push their way to the Western Conference Finals and challenge whoever, the Lakers, the Clippers? I think the Lakers and Clippers are still a cut above, Stacey. But... I'm watching Jokic the same way you are, and I'm going, he's better. Yeah. I mean, this guy is a legit MVP candidate. Uh, he's going to be right near the top of that conversation. And if you combine where he is and where Murray continues to go, you give yourself a chance. The thing that I worry about as far as Denver goes is you've got a team that they got a taste of real success down there in the bubble, but – who else is that guy who's going to step up and help when when Jokic at least is slowed a little bit or Murray can't get it going? I know a lot of people thought it was going to be Michael Porter Jr. I, I'm, I'm still not sold there, but that roster has a ton of talent up top. And I, I think that they're, they're going to be a presence for a lot of years. I just don't know this season if they can get over that hump and get through the West and, and get into the finals. 
Hey, Nick, I want to go back to something that you mentioned on the Zach Lowe podcast. I found it fascinating um, having been there with the three alphas. And I just want to get the He's record. He's telling that story again. Oh, just, my I, God. I, I, get to the question I, quicker. Oh. I just want to get the, to the record <laughs> the straight. three here. alphas. <laughs> the one guy that was in the right, the one guy that called him out, and the one guy that worked with, I remember watching him with Isaiah Cannon <laughs> oh, and working with the young guys. The Rondo Rondo. Can you please tell people that Rondo was in the right and he did what was right for the team, being a team guy in that situation. With the bad rap he got in Dallas, but that situation, those two were in the wrong and Rondo was in the right. John, I, I have a story that will put it all in the context. There you go. For the point that you're, you're asking. There was a shoot-around or a practice in, in late March or April of that season. And this was after uh, Jimmy and, and Wade had just – destroyed all the younger guys. It was unbelievable. Before we go too, too deep down the rabbit hole here, yeah, yeah. The, the players on that team, they always respected Jimmy. Oh, sure. Because they knew the work that he put in. He Even though he no said doubt. what he said, the respect was always there. They, they really could not stand Wayne because oh. Wayne wasn't practicing. He was in and Miami Wayne, half the time. Right, and, and he calls them all out. But the, the, the scene that always sticks out to me as far as how much Rondo was respected was worth the shoot-around in Philly. It was a temple. Are you gonna give and I still remember we walk in because <laughs> we could always come in for those last couple minutes and, and talk to guys. Uh, we walk in. On one side of the floor, it's Rondo and every single other player on the team. And I think Nico was like sitting on the, the bench uh, somewhere, just uh, taking uh, a break for a few minutes. But every single player on the team, and Rondo's going through drills with them and talking to them. On the other side of the floor, that's <laughs> where sick. Jimmy and Wade were. <laughs> and that has always stuck with me because. That team was supposed to be united by those three guys. And in that moment, not that we didn't already know after what they had said, but Rondo, I mean, my gosh, there's a reason why to, to I know what you're getting at. Rondo's going to be a head coach. Whenever Rondo decides I'm retired, I'm done, I want to go coach, he's going to because he had the respect of that room. And universally in that moment when everybody was getting crushed and he stood up for all those younger guys, he understood the balance uh, within the locker room, and and they 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 loved him for it. You know, for everyone watching on YouTube, Timmy Whispers got up and walked away. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it wasn't because it wasn't because he didn't want to hear John's Rondo crusade anymore. It was. I guess we had a delivery. So yeah. I, I thought that was you were walking away in protest. I, I thought he was protesting yeah. the question too, but no, I said Timmy Whispers because I had some Hooters. Oh, Hooters, Hooters. Over Is that a sponsor? Yes. Yeah, no, it's not a sponsor, but it could be. Okay. Okay. So I, I text Timmy Whispers. I forgot that we were on YouTube. <laughs> no, we saw you. You went so, like that. So you I showed his phone. Hey, listen, man. Don't tell everybody what's going on behind the scenes, all right? Or you get a throat punch. We'll talk about, about that later. So I text Timmy Whispers. Say, hey, man. Hey, can you yeah. get out there and get my order? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but during that time, I still screamed in a pillow like that AT&T commercial. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stinger story. But. <laughs> You should have one of the young ladies from Hooters deliver, personally. Listen, you know what, man? Hey, listen, I, it, it wasn't, no, it wasn't one of those. I think that's one of Nick's Uber, favorite you don't places have as well, too. You don't have any choice when it comes to Uber. It could be anybody. It could be anybody. Yeah, they're not driving the Uber Eats, yeah. Hey, I uh, want to ask you another story from the, that era of Bulls basketball. Actually, before that, you had a unique relationship with Tom Thibodeau. Tom, I, th I know Tom loved you. 
but he always used to try to pick on you during news conferences, and he loved your laugh, as we all do. Uh, tell us your favorite tip story from all your time covering that guy, because he was very consistent, you know, do your job. You know, do your job. Make or miss league. All, all his cliches used to talk about. Got more than enough to win. What's your favorite uh, memory of the Tom Thibodeau era? Mark, the, the one that jumps out instantly to me. And and I, I I always enjoyed covering Tibbs. I still do. I, in fact, I was talking to him the other day for a, a story I'm putting together now. Uh, but there was that moment, and you guys probably remember, uh, it was, I think, towards Boozer's last year and Tibbs was still there uh, and maybe it's the second to last year, but we're in a, we're in a shoot around in Sacramento and it's literally like the only people at the shoot around <laughs> me, uh, uh, Agre, KC and Cowley. Yeah. And Boozer is over there at the shoot around. And, and I think Agre asked him like wh- what he felt like when he was getting, cause remember he was getting pulled late. Yeah, Ozzie yeah, yeah. Get ten early. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Boozer <laughs> proceeds to say, "Well, sometimes we win, but most of the time we lose." <laughs> oh wow! I, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't really like that. And I, we were all kind of like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> Where okay. did that come from? Like, I, I mean, just really out of nowhere. And so, fast forward a few hours, and we're at the pregame in Sacramento. And I think KC said, said to Tibbs, hey, uh, Carlos had some stuff to say. I was wondering if uh, you had a chance to to uh, to see that and, and would you like to respond? And and Tom proceeds to say, eh, I, I didn't see what Carlos said. And then rattles off every <laughs> single <laughs> fourth quarter stat between Taj and Boozer. <laughs> every reason why Taj was out there on the floor. And we do this better in the fourth, and we do that better, and, and this number is this. And that always stuck with me because Tom always, always loved to say, Mark, as you remember, oh, I don't pay attention to all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. I don't pay attention to what's written or what's said. That was always ridiculous. But it was in, in that moment that it all crystallized for me because uh, Boozer had just come out and, and, and as close as anybody did during his tenure was basically questioning Tibbs, like, what the hell is this guy doing? And here comes Tibbs with every statistical number uh, after saying he hadn't paid attention to any of it. So that always, always makes me laugh. And when people ask me about Tibbs, I I try to to put it uh, into into that kind of – that kind of memory because it always makes me laugh all these years later. Speaking of Tibbs, you know, let's talk about the job he's doing in yeah. New York and, and the job that Derek Rosen, he's now elevated to the starting point guard position. I, I keep telling people all the time that, you know, Derek Rose has reinvented himself into what everybody wanted him to be when he first came out to be more of a point guard, to be more of a guy that got his teammates involved and not use his his athleticism. Now he's that person, and you hear people say, oh, he's lost a step. Oh, man, come on, you can't have it both ways. But what Tibbs Tibbs has done in New York, tell me what you feel about that. I I think he's done a remarkable job. Dave, we watched it in, in the very beginning. In so many ways, when I watch that Knicks team, it reminds me of those those first couple Bulls teams, and especially this Knicks team that doesn't have a ton of talent. They've got Julius Randle playing the role of Luol, the guy who's kind of looked over, and then Tibbs comes in and says, hey, this guy's a problem. 
when you watch him and he's yeah. getting the most out of him and he, he helped turn him into an all-star. But uh, remember that year where Derek went down and Tom had to kind of reorganize everything on the fly and he's got Joe Keen kind of playing point center and, and he had to, to redo it all kind of in the moment. Watching the Knicks right now, there is nothing that Tom Thibodeau loves more than a team that everybody says can't do X, Y, Z, and then motivating that team and telling everybody how much uh, everybody is doubting them and, and don't and they don't think they can play. I think there is a nice mix of younger talent. You've got a guy like uh, like Quickly. Uh, you, you've got Obi Toppin, who he's trying to bring along. But then you have the Randalls and the Noels, and you got Taj back, and you got Derek back. These guys all love playing, and they're not afraid to to take some coaching. And I think Tibbs, he's never going to change, guys. We we know him too well for that. But I do think he has learned from maybe some of the mistakes uh, in the past. I absolutely believe that, and I think his message. While it's always going to be the same, maybe he has softened a little bit, but he's got guys who love to be in the gym. And there is nothing that's going to earn you more respect from Tom Thibodeau uh, than putting in the work and seeing that work translate into games. And uh, for my money, people are going, ah, the Knicks going to fade. Uh, I think Tibbs is going to make sure they cross that finish line and at least get into the postseason because they're on the way to building something really nice out there. And Stace, I agree with you with Derek. He's become the player everybody wanted him to be when he was 21, 22. Now, all of a sudden, he is that guy. And I think for the first time in a few years, it's he's enjoying playing again. And as somebody who, who watched all those years in Chicago, that is great to see. Hey, Nick, before we let you go, uh, tell the viewers a little bit of story of, of our background together. We got first got a chance to, to work together on the beat, and I tried to recruit you to come into NBC Sports Chicago, and I was setting up meetings with the executives. I mean, this this guy's the best guy out there. We got to bring Nick Friedel, and you mentioned Agri Sam, who was the Bulls insider for a while for for the website. He left, and I want, really wanted to get Nick in. And Nick goes in and has a conversation with management, and they threw nickels at him, and he yeah. goes, uh, "Mark, I I can't work for nothing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I and want look, a job, but I can't work for nothing." <laughs> and look what a star you are now. You're a big TV star at ESPN living in the luxurious San Francisco Bay Area. How is your life now? And thank God you didn't take that job, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I, I, hey, Mark, like, like you do, I, I have a lot of friends still there, but, uh, but everything worked out. And, you sure and everything did. Everything worked out uh, really well. And, and I've really enjoyed my time here covering the Warriors, especially that last KD year, guys. There is, I've never seen – uh, more drama day in and day out than uh, being around that team, but it's been a fun challenge. Uh, but but truly, like I I, I miss Chicago. There, there's only one Chicago. Uh, there's mm-hmm. only ever going to be one Chicago. So it, I'm I'm hoping like so many people who I know are, are listening to the podcast and who have followed y'all for years that that team uh, becomes uh, what everybody thinks they can over time. I, I think they're a long ways away if we're being honest, but uh, it's it's been fun to kind of uh, see the league differently being out here uh, for the last few years. But truly, Mark, you bring that up. I, I mean, I, and I've told you this a lot. I always appreciated that you, you stuck up for me, not only in that moment, but over time. And, and Stace, the, the same thing goes. I mean, I 
you were so nice to me in the very beginning when I didn't know anybody. Uh, I mean, Mark, absolutely, you were too. But I mean, I knew no one coming to Chicago. Right, yeah. And in fact, I stays. I I, 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 <laughs> miss if I, I I don't uh, remind everybody of the story. I still it, it makes me smile so hard every time. <laughs> I was on the radio show. In fact, Hoodie always reminds me. I'm on the radio show with Hoodie. It's a Saturday afternoon prior to some Bulls game. And we're on the radio, <laughs> and you tell we're talking about something. You tell him, like, like hoodie. Uh, Nick comes up to me and, and he introduced himself for the first time, and he's like, "I thought you were a brother." <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, on the radio, I thought you were a brother. Hoodie, hoodie, and I were laughing so hard. Uh, my old friend Mike Wright, who worked with me at the website, he said he was in the car. He almost crashed. He was laughing so hard, <laughs> the wheel. So, I swear to God, I did. I swear to God, he had this. Truly, though, I, I always appreciate how, how y'all uh, treated me, and uh, I've, I've tried to pay it forward through time. But that was a special time in my life, coming to Chicago and being around that team when they were so good, being in the city, and I'm sure at, at some point, way down the line, maybe I can uh, get back there. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie, Nick. I, I'm I'm so happy to see you to the success that you come because. I always knew. I mean, you have a voice. I always said you had the voice. The voice is the voice is booming. A lot of people wish they had a deep voice like me and you, Nick. Okay, you know I don't have mine. It's not as deep as yours, Nick. I don't have that. Yeah, baby. Yeah, Stacy's got that. the golden you pipes, know, but he's got like a little Barry White going. You, you need to you need to you need to take that voice of yours, Nick, and do some voiceovers and some commercials, man. Yeah, you, you, that, yeah. you know, you know, you had a voice of what's the guy's name uh, that does the uh, Allstate? Allstate can you need yeah. to be doing that? You need to take his job, Dennis Haysbert. Yeah, Dennis you need Haysburg. Dennis Haysbert. Yeah. You need to take that job from him, man. Your voice is deeper than his. <laughs> Whatever Nick, it takes. Nick, Whatever it was it so much fun catching up. We wish you the best covering the Warriors. Continued success with ESPN. And we can't wait to see you next time that you're in Chicago. The one and only Nick Friedel. That plaid jacket is not a fake. And he loves steak and shake. Thank oh! you, my friend. We're Good going off guy. the wall next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Oh, yeah, all we need is Chuck Swirsky dancing. No, 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 we don't. No, no, we don't. You just ruined a good moment there. Hey, that was the worst thing about the Bulls dropping those last two games. I was wondering what kind of new moves Chuck was going to come up with. Listen, he, he, he worked some basketball in the last listen, one. Listen, listen, listen. Don't, don't encourage that. <laughs> don't encourage that. Okay? No, stop. It stop is Mark. time for Off the Wall, and that certainly would fit into that category. If you listened to the last episode, and if you didn't, where were you? <laughs> Southside Susie took a trip to Alaska, a brief trip, squeezed it all in five or six days, but you covered a lot of ground. We want to hear about that. What was your favorite part of going to Alaska? Um, well, first of all, I'd like to thank you guys. We got to get you on the uh, I YouTube. would like to thank you guys for the movie recommendations because you pretty much <laughs> ruined my life on the way to Alaska. I watched <laughs> The Edge between Chicago and Seattle, and then I watched um, The, the gray. gray from gray. Seattle to Anchorage. Those and are the King's recommendations. I, get I, you in the movie. Yeah, that was good. And I thought about getting back on the plane <laughs> and heading home. Um, yes. Shout out to Colonel Deal and his Colonel family. Deal. Yep, for hosting me. He invited me to come up, and I don't. I, Honestly, he told me that as long as he's been living there, 
I was the first person to accept an invitation to visit during the winter. I don't think they accepted <laughs> wow. me to come. Wow. But um, I would say um, the most exciting part was the dog sled ride. Um, I think, Stacey, you tweeted yep. out a short yep. clip. That was unbelievable. It was, it was really fun. We went up to Chena Hot Springs. Um, we drank apple martinis out of ice glasses. It was that was a good trip. Ooh, wow! Couple hours out of Anchorage, um, or a actually north of Fairbanks. It was really cool. And um, I hiked a glacier, the Manitouska, I think it's called glacier. So I think next time you recommend movies to people, you should probably go for Ice Age <laughs> because <laughs> it was pretty cool. We slid down those ice tunnels, and and it was awesome. But I didn't see a single bear nor a single killer wolf, um, just a bunch of moose and caribou and bald eagles. And it, it was pretty awesome. Well, Tim will tell you the moose will get you, right? Uh, everything she just mentioned will kill you. <laughs> everything. <laughs> and I could use some of Stacy's astronaut diapers because we oh. drove. <laughs> oh, yeah, explain that to us. <laughs> we, drove, we drove seven and a half hours to get to the China Hot Springs. And um, and when I zoomed you guys, we were, I was laughing. So I was like, there's there's literally no one. I mean, you can go 150, 200 miles and there's no point. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's astronaut diapers or a bottle. That's, yeah, that's about yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So if I ever go on a trip to Alaska, I will be packing the astronaut diapers. <laughs> Absolutely. Because if you got to wait 150, 200 miles to go to the bathroom, I'm just going to sit in the seat and go. Yeah. It was too much information. I'm just yeah. letting it go. Hey. I'm letting it go. It's free. <laughs> what about the uh, natural scenery? People talk about Alaska all the time. And as you mentioned, that most of the time they'll say go in the summer so you can enjoy more of the surroundings. But what was it like in the in the dead of winter? Um, well, I waited until after February 15th because the colonel said the mountains, like the sun would clear the mountains. It wasn't, um, you don't see direct sunlight per se, but the sky's light. I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't think it was that much colder than Wisconsin, to be honest with you. It and, was awesome. And the glaciers are on the move, you said. You got to oh, be careful you get, when you backtrack. Yeah, I, it's, yeah, we, we, they take you on a snowmobile to get to the glacier and then you hike. And literally, we couldn't get back the same way we came because something had melted. And it, it, they're mm -hmm. like That's living scary. things. It was awesome. I'd That's like scary. to go back to the uh, reindeer sausage because if anybody knows <laughs> Southside, she's like Julia Roberts in uh, Notting Hill, you know, where she tucks the. You, did you actually really taste that? Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't want to, you know, confess that I don't eat meat. And um, I was offered reindeer mm -hmm. sausage quiche, and I just figured, what the hell. And you tried it. It was good. And it was good. Yeah. It just tastes like regular sausage. Really? What? <laughs> I, I guess Christmas is over up there because they're eating the reindeer. Reindeer yeah, sausage. Say, it's going to change Christmas forever I've for you. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. I guess yeah. Santa's not going to be able to travel next no, time. That, well, that, just, that just goes to show you you can eat anything. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. We, ju we just blew our kids yeah, out. Wolf. Huh? Yeah, wolf. Yeah, <laughs> wolf. You know, elk. You know, it just shows you can eat anything. I've never in my life heard anybody say reindeer they've ate reindeer sausage. Blitz and jerky? Never had that? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I no. did take a pass on moose. They, they offered to make that for me for dinner, and I went with the salmon instead, but... Yeah, I would have went to this with the salmon myself. Yeah. Anyway, but thanks. Well, we're just glad you're back safe and Thank sound. Yes. There was a lot yes. of traveling. Had to take a bus from uh, O'Hare oh, back to Milwaukee at the end. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about planes, trains, and automobiles. No, no, no. John Susan. was working in Madison. We're okay. not blaming this on John. I'm blaming it on him. Okay. It was a coach it, bus. Hey, yeah, it was a coach bus. <laughs> yeah. And you you had to take it from O'Hare back home to Milwaukee. Hitchhike. Back it's to Brookfield. Like, correct. Yeah. Yes, and there was nobody to pick you up no, when you got no, in the way. No, no, no. <laughs> I was going 90 miles an hour on the 94 from Madison to make sure I got to Gerke's Corner 
There you the go. boss was. Yeah, no, he okay. was. He, he got there? Yes, he did. Okay, all right. Thanks, guys. Good friend. Okay. Friends hey, like, hey, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hey, I'm just saying, you know what? Of course, hey. it's the beer in segment one. Now it's no, this. Yeah. Poor John. John, listen. Well, you, you got caught reaching over to grab Stacy's shrimp, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The camera catches everything. Wow, you are. No, I mean, it's on there. It's, you know. The wow, tape does a lot work than TV for 40 years. Hey, I look at the monitor, you know? It's just like when those, when those little, like, those raccoons get caught on your porch. Yeah. You know, they look up and they, all of a sudden they see <laughs> That's John. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, this segment is off the wall, and one Ooh. of the things we talked about uh, in our Zoom meeting yesterday was... You know, it's our childhood, things that we remember from growing Ooh. up in the in the 70s and 80s. And we're going to kind of go around the room. Susie's still here, so why don't, why don't you start us off, your memories of uh, of the 1970s and 80s? Um, my, the what Brady pops Bunch. into your head? The Brady Bunch. Yeah. Yeah. The Brady Bunch. Every episode. That's it. That's all I got. Oh. And how I wanted to have straight hair. Wow. Oh, that's cold. Wow. It's going to be a long ride back Stinger. to Brooksville. A long ride home. Yes. <laughs> You got the mic, John. Uh, yeah, well, I, I just want to say I had this uh, Schwinn. Do you guys remember Schwinn bikes? Yeah. And They're I had still this, around, John. Yeah. I had, <laughs> did you have a banana seat? Uh, yeah, I did, actually. It was oh, a, you look like you'd ride a banana seat. It was, it was mellow yellow <laughs> with a white from. banana seat and uh, like the eight bars. <gasps> Man, oh. if I can get a hold of one of those today, I bet you. I got some nice beef. <laughs> <laughs> and it would it go right along with the the singlet and oil. Yeah. It would be. I would be, you know, on that all summer long. Oh, I know you're you would. This, you're doing this to yourself. Now. He is That's doing okay. it. To, he would be on it all listeners, summer long. With listeners a of cards and, on viewers, and, on the and viewers, if you remember, if you remember those bikes. You know, and I see a lot of them on the Strand when I go out to, you know, California. And uh, they're the ultimate ride, man. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Tim, can you top that? Well, I had one of those same bikes, so I, I understand some of the pain he went through. Oh, but, he, man, he didn't go through pain. Oh, he enjoyed oh, it. He was comfortable. That's <laughs> he was very comfortable. I was happy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, well, that, was, uh, that was great. And uh, uh, the three channels, too. I do remember that. Of course, uh, Nixon's resignation. And um, I felt like, though, I missed out a lot. Uh, that Studio 54 thing, what was that all about? Oh, boy. Man, what, what kind of childhood did you grow up here? <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting here remembering Nixon's resignation and Studio 54. What, what did you well, It was all separate, right? I mean, did you go outside? Did you have a life? Did you did go you, outside? Did you climb some monkey bars? <laughs> I play on the playground? Stay outside until it got dark. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> He's like eight years old. And you remember the Nixon resignation? I was like... <laughs> Yes, it was a big deal. <laughs> That's not, that was on one of the three channels. Oh, it was on every God. channel. It was on every channel. Yeah, oh, not, on, not on the south side. No. Okay. Nope. I don't even remember it. Well, I, the pliers the didn't problem, go to that you channel. change channels yeah, that's, to the that's low blow. <laughs> that's a low blow, okay? <laughs> Come on, man. Not everybody can afford a TV All right. with a channel change, okay? So, All right, that's low. Is that your story, growing up 70s? Or do no, you have... man. My, let me think, man. My, you know, Should I come growing back up, to you? Oh. No, I think growing up 70s, just how like I can remember my household like it was like stopped, like we're stopped in time, okay? My mom used to have all the furniture covered in plastic. Okay, had the big wooden spork and the fork and spoon on the walls artwork, <laughs> uh, shag carpet, 
Okay. On the floor. Remember Shag oh, Carpet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, sure, we all and had then, it. And I hated Shag Carpet. I hated Shag Carpet because my brothers would always drop needles in there oh. in the Shag Carpet. So when you walked across it, you got stuck with a needle. On purpose? On purpose, yeah. Oh, bleeding bleeding on white Shag Carpet. And then your mom, oh. and then you get, a, you get a spanking from your mom yeah. for dirtying the carpet. Okay? But the plastic furniture, when it's like 95 degrees outside. <laughs> it was... <laughs> and, you, and you come outside from playing, and you're sweaty, and you're just hot. That's why there's okay? plastic on yeah. there. So then you, you sit on the plastic, and your mom's like, don't sit on that. You can't sit on it until Sunday. Like, where the <laughs> hell am I supposed to sit? <laughs> this is the only furniture we got in the house, Mom. Where am I supposed to sit? Get your little dirty butt. Don't you sit on my furniture, my nice furniture. We only sit on it on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but see, everybody in my neighborhood was the same way. Their kids couldn't sit on the furniture until like Sundays, you know? So that was church and everything. But I remember that. It's just like, wow, that was, it was. It that was, was, that a, was the time of indestructible furniture. Herculon, Vermiculon. Yeah, 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 yeah. But my, my, mom, my, mom, my mom's furniture like seemed like it lasted like 20 years. And the reason why it lasted 20 years is because we never could fucking sit on it. <laughs> and seriously, I'm just being honest. I mean, you couldn't sit on it. So. I just remember that kind of stuff. So it's just, you know, the 70s was great, though. It was great. You know, the 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 Brady Bunch, Leave it to Beaver, um, Buffy and Jody, The Family uh, Affair. Um, some of the TV shows that you don't even see anymore that... that um, Mr. French. Mr. French, yeah. And, you know, and uh, what was the little dolls in there? <laughs> the little doll that Buffy always had? Miss Beasley. There you go. Miss Beasley. Wow. Then you had then you had the Dick uh, Dick Van Dyke show. My three sons. My three sons. A uh, Petticoat Junction. Ooh. Ooh. Petticoat. They, Petticoat Junction. Junction. I always wanted to know what they were doing behind that big water tower. <laughs> they were taking a shower, and I was just like, I was a little pervert. I was like, why wish I could get in there and swim in there while they're doing that? <laughs> oh, oh, and oh. then I go back. That oh. reminds me of oh. yeah, a little pervert. I'm sorry. This is the Zoom meeting. I think memory. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. Oh, I no. used to have when I was in first grade i used to have like this hot first grade teacher she was so pretty young pretty teacher young just starting out whatever i didn't know how old she was you know i didn't i was a kid i wasn't really worried about age at that time <laughs> so you so, think you had a chance just possibilities I, I think there was a chance you know i thought i had a chance as a child i thought i had a chance but it, it didn't work out that way <laughs> but she used to she used to <laughs> she used to like you know have this thing called a litter bug and it was made out of styrofoam. It was an actual bug that looked like a like a bug. So she'd always place this in your desk if you if your desk was dirty. So she the, the when you're out of her class, if school's over, three thirty, four o'clock, she'd go around and look at everybody's desk. Whoever's desk was dirty, the litter bug was in there. Okay. So I figured out a way, because I was a little pervert at the time. You know, just keep that on the down low, people. Um, I wanted to get I wanted to spend some more time with the teacher. Okay, so there's I have those little ways like, you know, she'd walk by my desk and then she'd get in front of me and I would just like kind of drop the pencil, try to try to get a <laughs> just try to just look at her, just look at her legs. She had long legs, just beautiful long legs. I was still the first grader. I was the first grader, but I was thinking, you know, country boys, we're, we're way ahead of everybody else. Okay, we're much more advanced than some people are like John. I'm waiting for the sriracha you know, sound yeah, effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sriracha, John, where's it at? Give me the hot sauce. <laughs> sriracha. There you go. I like that. So, so she put a she put a litter bug in sauce. my. Listen, you only need to do it one time. I think we heard it the first time. Okay. So she put a litter bug in my desk, and I started figuring out that I I would miss recess if I had this litter bug. So, needless to say, in order to 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 spend some time with this teacher, who I thought was hot in the first grade, 
I would always mix, mess my desk up on purpose to get litter bugs every day so I could stay and hang out with the teacher, you know, in on recess. And then all my friends like, why do you never get to come out on recess? Why you always got to stay in? Just got a messy desk. <laughs> <laughs> you messy desk. Did yeah. you notice the uh, compact mirrors you had taped to the top of your shoes? <laughs> oh, no. Wow. You, you see, you've taken a good story, yeah. a good wholesome story, and, and made, made it, it perverted. Hey, you're made little, it creepy. You're the one who told us that on the Zoom meeting yesterday. <laughs> but I, 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 gave you, I gave you the R-rated version. I didn't give oh. you the PG-rated oh, version. Sorry. And way to throw me under the bus in the Zoom meeting. Yeah, huh? Wow. Your teacher could be listening. This is throw me on the bus. A lot of that going on today. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going yeah, on. Episode Mark, 18. Mark, we well, didn't get your... You know, I'm the oldest one in the group, so I was going through, you know, middle school and high school in the mid-70s. Mid Were you getting drafted or something? No, Mark? no, okay. I, I, missed, <laughs> I, I missed the Vietnam draft by a few years. But the 70s really were about long hair, bell-bottom pants, you know, plaids, and hard-driving rock and roll. Nice. Led Zeppelin, oh. The Who, Rush... Yeah. A group called Wishbone Ash. That was oh, some hard rock, my friend. Go. So that that was what my really pops to mind. And you know, back then everybody was wearing long hair uh, down to their shoulders and stuff. So you know, if you first show up at school and you got the long hair and, and everybody thinks you're of a certain group that you're hanging out with the stoners and yeah, all that yep, stuff. Yep. So so then I went out for basketball, but the coach had a strict rule that you had to get the buzz cut. So you get your all the oh. you go into an old fashioned barber shop in Milwaukee. And they look at you like, oh, what is, what's this hippie doing in here? You know, like, well, you got to cut it all off. I got basketball practice on Monday. So it's open. Wow. Then you have to take on sacrifice. a whole new idea. So you had to sacrifice the salad? Had yeah. to give it all up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but thankfully, the, the salad's still holding up. It is. Yeah, it hey, good. Hey, good salad. Yeah. The salad yeah. looks good, good right salad. now, brother. Yeah. All right, we're going to bring down the curtain on uh, Off the Wall. Coming up next, we're going to go around the sports world. It's our rapid fire segment. Coming up on Give Me Hot Sauce. We had a ton of fun going in the Wayback Machine, our memories of the 70s and early 80s, and now it's time to go rapid fire on top of the sports stories. And this is the year of quarterback change in the NFL. And all of a sudden, we've been seeing, Stacy these mock-ups of Russell Wilson in a Bears uniform, and you know he could go to the Cowboys in a trade for Dak Prescott. When we start the NFL season in September, it's going to be crazy to see how many quarterbacks are in different places. Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to see any here in Chicago. I'm just, <laughs> just going to be honest with you. Well, Ryan I Pace mean, met the media yesterday, and he was, as usual, very vague. Even mentioned the possibility that we haven't closed the door on Mitchell Trubisky coming back. Yeah, and just get prepared for that. I, I don't see them going after Deshaun Watson. I don't see them getting into just because, you know, Russell Westbrook, <laughs> Russell <laughs> Wilson has decided that he has certain teams he wants to play for and the Bears were on their list. Right. I mean, that excites the Bears fans. Like, the possibility of him coming here excites you. But you know that's not going to happen. You're going to have to give up a lot to get him. I mean, he's an all-pro quarterback. It, it's just not going to happen. I mean, if, if you're going to go that route, then you go get Deshaun Watson. He's younger. You know, he, he's, he's just, to me, has a, a better upside. You know, because the system in Seattle um, – you know, and and it's really set for Russell West. I mean, keep on Westbrook, Russell Wilson, <laughs> Mister Triple Double. Yeah, you know, we still might be better off with him than Trubisky. Though. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I'm a Mitch Trubisky wow. fan. Mitch, if you listen, brother, hey, just work out, man, get stronger, and come and prove everybody wrong. Because I, I think he his place is here if you get the right people around him. Again, you you got to put get an offensive line. Now, you can go out and get all the quarterbacks you want. 
you know, Wilson, Russell Wilson will have the same problems here that he's having in Seattle, probably worse. At least he does have an offensive line that can protect him a little bit, but he'd be running for his life here. So mm-hmm. if they don't go out and get some offensive line help to whoever the quarterback is, it's, it's going to be the same thing over and over and over again. Well, here's what Nagy said, uh, leadership, decision-making, and you have some versatility as a quarterback with your legs. Great. Running mm-hmm. for your life is what he's saying. <laughs> they're not is he talking about Trubisky? Well, he, he, I guess he's not ruling out Nick Foles or the possibility of signing Mitchell Trubisky oh, again. Oh, um, well, you know, Russell Wilson apparently is somewhat interested in the city of Chicago yeah. because it's a big market. His wife's sure. a big celebrity. So, you know, the idea of living in Chicago is somewhat appealing to him. But the problem for the Bears is whether it's Watson, Wilson, or any kind of trade. Offensive line. They have the 20th pick in the first round, and that doesn't have much value. Well, and, and again... You just are just kind of sweeping the problem underneath the rug. Mm-hmm. You know, Russell Wilson is complaining about taking too many hits in Seattle. Yeah. Imagine what's going to happen to him <laughs> here. Seriously. You want to yeah. get hit. Seriously. Yeah. He, that's his biggest thing, you know, and then he's having some kind of fallout, which you're reading. I don't know. I'm not there. But, you know, Pete Carroll and his sons supposedly in his eyes have too much authority. Yeah. And, and he said it. And, he, and he, he said it. Yeah. My problem, my problem with that is, 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 listen, you know, you got paid a lot of money to be the quarterback. <laughs> you got paid a lot of money. Now, he wants, you know, personnel decisions. And no, man, it don't work that way. It doesn't work that way, man. You get paid to play quarterback. You give your opinions in the quarterback room with the quarterback coaches and the offensive coordinator. You say, hey, look, this play doesn't work. Let's try this play. That's where your input is. Yeah. Not when it comes to, to, to personnel. making personnel decisions. People get paid a lot of money to do that. And when you start allowing players to to bring on who they want to bring on or, or to go out and go get this guy and it doesn't work out, then the player is saying, well, it's the management's fault. They they brought them. They brought them here. I'm, I'm just a player. Right, right. You know, it's, it's just, yeah. It just opens up a can of worms. And I'll, I'll say this about Jerry Krause, and I'll always say this about Jerry Krause. The only person that could actually put Michael Jordan in his place as far as player and front office was Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause didn't care if Michael got mad. You know, he basically told Michael, and this is why Michael to this day doesn't like him. He basically told Michael, you get paid to play. I get paid to run the front office. You do your job at your best of ability. I'll do my job at the best of my ability, and we'll win championships. And what happened? They won a lot of championships. <laughs> Six, I remember, with two different distinctly good teams, and I know Mark was there to cover it. But, yeah, that's incredible, the job that he did there. And he doesn't get the credit that he deserves, and it's a shame, too. It because is. Because if his name was Jerry West, he'd be the greatest GM oh, of all time. Oh, my God. If his name was, you know, Red uh, if his name was anybody else, yeah. it could have yeah. been Bob Simmons. It'd be Bob Simmons, the greatest GM ever. Yeah. Two separate teams, three-peat teams. Yeah. Only constant was Scotty and Michael. Everybody else was new. So yeah. he was able to do that. Not When have you ever, when, when will you ever see that duplicated yeah. again? Not ever. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why, you know, when you, when you hear people talk about, you know, Michael's, you know, how he talked about Jerry in the last dance, it's because the fact that Jerry never allowed Michael to make personnel decisions. Because if Michael had his way, Michael had all North Carolina players. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's big North Carolina. He would have had all North Carolina guys, and Jerry knew you couldn't win that way. Yeah. Hey, yeah. back to football. If the Bears can't trade for an established quarterback, there's five quarterbacks expected to go in the first round. But the Bears, again, have the 20th pick, and those guys will all be off the board. They're going to have to trade up if they want one of them. It was interesting that uh, – 
Mel Kuyper, the draft expert for ESPN, is comparing Mac Jones and his ability to throw the deep ball what? to Tom Brady, the Stinger's favorite player. Now, now Brady was drafted in the sixth round, that famous shot of him at the combine where he looks oh, like the guy. With the, with the dad body? <laughs> the dad body at 21? Boy, did he change over Jim time. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I, all I can say is nobody saw Tom Brady coming. No, so for Mel Kuyper to pick. make that comparison... You didn't see him coming. The only team that did were the Pats. I mean, let's face it. The Pats made that move and drafted him and uh, elevated him to a starter when Bledsoe got hurt. It it doesn't matter. You can get a good quarterback after the first round. Absolutely. sure. It's been been proven proven. constantly throughout the years. So you don't have to have a first-round pick to to grab a so-called elite quarterback. What you have to do is you have to have personnel people that are smart enough to see through things and say this kid down the line, maybe he's two years away from being an actual franchise quarterback. We can store him, stash him, and then you can keep a Foles or you can you know keep a Trubisky until he's ready to pass that torch to that guy. There's been a lot of guys in this league that didn't go in the first round that are first round talents. Right. That's yeah. fourth round. Yeah. Joe Montana won the third round. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. yeah, you can get a quarterback beyond the first round, but Bears fans are getting impatient. They want them to get their guy who hey, can be a quarterback give for me a, Give me a lineman. Yeah, give me some <laughs> linemen. <laughs> Start getting me some linemen in the first round, and yeah. then we'll get us a quarterback in the later rounds. Yep. Brett Favre, second round. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Oh, actually, he was late first round, wasn't he? He was second. All right, we'll get we'll look that up. <laughs> we need our stat checker. Right. So Southside, look that up for us over there. This, this is the first time we've uh, convened since the Tiger Woods accident. Oh. And I'll tell you what, when you first saw the images on on CNN or wherever whatever news network you like to watch, boy, it brought back memories of Kobe. And you're thinking, thank, just let's hope Tiger's going to be okay. And he communicated to his fan base via social media on Sunday when all the golfers wore red to honor him, uh, which was a great thing the PGA Tour did. What were your guys' reaction when you first heard the news that Tiger had been in this serious car accident? Shock. Yeah. Shock. The first thing I thought was was Kobe all over again. Yeah. You know, because you remember, I remember exactly where I was, what I was doing when that news hit. And that's the first thing that crossed my mind. I mean, I was just like, please do not let him be gone. You know, that was my first. Please don't let him be gone. And uh, I tell you what, when you looked at that car crash, Ooh, there's really wow, no yeah. way in the world he should have survived. It I mean, rolled. the man upstairs, God, boy, yeah. had a, had his heel, healing hands on him and, yeah. and protecting him. Because I tell you what, even some of the people who were there, first responders, they had to cut him out with the jaws of life. life yeah. And the first thing some of those people said when they did interviews is like, they are surprised that he's alive. Yeah. I remember the day before, um, I think it was the day before that Sunday, the Nissan Open. It's not called the Nissan Open, but it's the Riviera Country Club, a place that he started as pro and he's doing an interview with Jim Nance Mm -hmm. and you know he was you know he was very reflective on his career and his back and hoping that he'd you know make it back for the Masters and it's just amazing because I just remember stopping and watching I was in the truck I were doing a a, a Bucks game and I just was watching before the game and I just stopped and watched that interview for whatever reason I mean it's Tiger Woods you always and you know just him and Nance together and it was just such this you know, very reflective moment, like I said, and then you find the news. And I did reach out to Jr. our guy, Jr. Stage, stage Man of the Stars, and yeah. he lives up there. And he said, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a really crazy, you know, you start getting, going downhill, you know, and, you know, if you watch your speed, it's, it can it can be a little dicey in those Palos Verdes hills. So, um, but I, I same thing when I heard George's life and the whole thing, and I was just like, oh, my God. 
You know? Yeah, and he was there to give golf lessons to celebrities. He had given lessons to Dwayne Wade the day before, and they had been together, and Wade just couldn't believe that the guy he had just seen was involved in this yeah. serious crash. So whether he gets back to competitive golf or not really isn't important at this point. Just thank God that his kids, Samantha and Charlie, have their father. You know, that's we're just yeah. grateful that he's going to be okay. And appreciate life, man. I yeah. mean, one minute you're here, next minute you're not. I mean, so you got to appreciate life. Yeah, and I love the fact that the, uh, the players – wore his iconic uh, red and black on Sunday, you know. I said that already, John. Oh, you did? Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. It's in the bubble up folder. <laughs> wow, okay. I must, I must have been just thinking about Tiger. It also you know? ends up being a great safety ad for that brand new car that was coming out. That's who he was driving. I mean, at the end of the day, they were talking yeah. about all the safety features. Yeah, they were amazed the cabin held up as well yeah. as it did the front cabin. Yeah, the new Genesis uh, SUV. Yeah, so as you said, thank God Tiger's going to be okay. That's going to do it for Rapid Fire. We're going to Rapid Fire the rest of the show. We're going to go on the down low with stories from some behind-the-scenes broadcast tales. That's next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Welcome back. Final segment of episode 18. We were talking about some of the great number 18s in the world of sports. Uh, I have an Peyton update. Manning. I have an update. Speaking of quarterbacks, yeah. uh, Timmy Whispers was right. Brett Favre of 1991. Second round, six pick, 33rd overall by the Atlanta Falcons. And we know the story about Jerry Glanville trading him to the Packers. Ron right. Wolf, big move. So there you go. Tim Whispers. Did, uh, did, was that for four first round pick? To Green Bay, the trade. Yeah. Uh, I I can look. I have the. <laughs> yeah, I, think I have right. the. Enough, I have the pick. Yeah. I mean, he was. I thought the question was when he was drafted, but now you're going to ask me about this now. Well, so we'll, we'll just get. We'll, we'll, we'll just get on with the show. Yeah, let's get on with the show. Okay. okay, we're talking about episode. Who cares? Episode 18. You know, John, we talked about in our Zoom meeting some of the great 18s in the world of professional sports. You got Peyton Manning. How about Phil Jackson as a player? He wore number yeah. 18. Yes, he did. As did the great Dave Cowens, one of the undersized centers who led the. Celtics to a couple of championships. Roman Gabriel. And Ooh, our old uh, buddy Denny Savard. Oh, one yes. of the great guys oh, from the search. Chicago Blackhawks. Savoir faire is yes. everywhere. Oh. Talk about the 70s, the uh, the cartoon. Yeah. With Savoir faire. Savoir faire. It's everywhere. That's, uh, that will be in our bubble up role. That's article about famous 18s. There you go. We, we put that in there. So, yeah, so. check that out. Check it's one of the features out. that we do yeah. every week, showing yeah. you how we prepare for the show. Yeah. And one of the things that, that John and, and Stacy and I have always been involved with is preparing for live broadcasts. And, and that can lead to some interesting moments over, t- over time. <laughs> you know, a couple of years ago, Neil Funk decided he was going to cut back on his schedule. And they were going to, the Bulls were preparing for a number of people to fill in on the games that Neil wasn't going to be at. They were basically serving as auditions for a yeah. lot of guys who wanted to see if they could partner up with the great Stacy King. And and I went up to a, a Bulls executive head of communications and I said, you know, if, if, if you need somebody to fill in a game, I'd be happy to do it thinking, <laughs> well, there's no, there's no way in hell they're going to let me do it because I had no background doing play by play. And I was kind of locked into that role as, as a pre and post game host. Well, Lo and behold, it was near Christmas time, and I guess nobody else wanted to travel to Toronto, Canada. So I got uh, tapped on the shoulder and go, hey, you want to go to Canada and, and do the game? And I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, it, it gets more complicated because I got, I got to get a get passport to get into Canada. Yep. And I was amazed at how... Canadians don't seem to like Americans that nah. much. I'm showing my passport every five feet. You know, it's like, yep. well, what are you doing here? What's your business in Canada? Well, King loves to tell the story. Every time we would go to Canada, they would put us on the... <laughs> 
very last terminal, right? Oh. And poor Kate, we'd have to walk that walk. Oh, it's like all, five miles. It is it's five. It's the worst. Yep. It's the worst. Yeah. And, and the whole, what makes it so bad, <laughs> was, you got me started. See, I got him going. You got me started. I got him going. Okay, so you got to envision this. Okay, so we, we go into this. We play the game. And we're, we're the last people out. Of right. camp. All the NBA teams always fly out there, you know, after games. So it's late at night, like probably 10 o'clock. So they know this routine happens. They know it, okay? So the airport is closed. There's yeah. no one there. Right. There's no more planes in any terminals, like Terminal 1, 2, 3, no planes. They put us at Terminal 56. <laughs> so after you got to go through all the customs, you got to take off our clothes, you, you got to get butt naked to go through the x-ray, okay? <laughs> take your belt off, your shoes, I think they computer. were going to detain Swirsky one, remember? Didn't yeah, they yeah, want to detain yeah, him? Yeah, 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 yeah there yeah, was they, something going on. Yeah, there was something going on. I don't know if he had a dildo or something in his back. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just saying, that's a, that was a, I mean, there was a rumor. There, there's a rumor. I don't know. But... But so they make you go through this this whole obstacle course of, you know, to get through, okay? You finally show your passport, and then you think you're home free. Like, oh, now I can get yeah. dressed, put my socks, <laughs> underwear, everything back on, okay? So I feel like I'm home free. And then they said, all right, guys, uh, gate 56. So you're looking around, yeah. like, okay. Skate one here. Gate one right here. <laughs> one A. Two. And I'm like, and then they cut off, you know, they have those little um, escalator things yeah. that you can get on. Sure. And they're they, they, They're not working. They're no. off. Yeah, turned yeah. off. Yeah. And we have to walk every single time to the from the first gate all the way to the but, end. But the duty free shops are open. The duty free <laughs> shops are always open. Always open. So and I just I just never could understand like if the airport is closed and all the terminals are open. Why does the Bulls plane always have to be in the very back? And a mm. lot of times, because we beat Toronto. So I used to think, because we beat Toronto, they were right. punishing us. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I used to think, and then, and then enjoy but, your walk as you then, leave our country. Yeah. But then I started asking other people, yeah. like, do you guys have this thing? Because you, you got to understand, when we come into Toronto, it's the easiest route to come in. Or am I lying? Yeah. It's, it's so easy. You're, you're probably there five minutes. You know, you fill out all your paperwork, yep, yep. you get off the plane, oh, you yeah. have to carry your own bags. Welcome. And you welcome. They, they just they what sign is your, your paper. Yeah, business you, or pleasure. Yeah, yeah. And you just walk right in. It's, it's no more than 10 minutes. No <laughs> more than 10 your, minutes. What's your purpose? To beat your ass. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're going to beat your ass. Yeah. 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 So, but it, but it's, the easiest, it's the easiest way to get in, but it's the hardest way to get out. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Because then you remember, John, you have to come out after the game. You yep. have your little plane ticket. You got to oh, fill yeah. out. You got to fill oh. out. <laughs> it's like, you're, it's like seriously, it's like you're, you're you know, you're, you're doing some and, espionage and you don't want to you know you don't want to lose those little tickets because yeah. you just don't know oh, when you get another one so yeah because <laughs> it's like the bus is dark and oh. you're tired and you put that little ticket somewhere and you just don't know when you get oh. to the gate but i think we were talking about broadcasting but it yeah, <laughs> no, these are great stories. Okay, but what I was leading up to was this is the first time I was going to get a chance to call an NBA game. So I did a ton of preparation, very nervous, and you know, two buses leave for the arena. The players generally go on the first one. So Stacy said, "Well, come down. This bus leaves. At, I forget the exact He's time." Putting you under his wing. Yeah, yeah. So he's telling me what time to go. So I'm sitting in my room because I've got like 20 minutes till that second bus leaves. All of a sudden, I, I'm getting this text from Stacy. He's like, "Where the hell are you?" Because I'm I'm on the bus, and I'm like, "I thought you said it was at this time." He says, "He says no, everybody's on the bus," and I'm like, "Oh shit!" So oh, so I'm, I'm flying down there to get on the bus, and then there was a little bit of a traffic jam to get yep. into, into the arena. That's kind of a roundabout way they went in there, and I'm getting more and more nervous. You know, I'm like, oh, "Geez, I got no time to prepare." You know, we had to record the open, all the rest of this stuff. So anyway, ball goes up in the air, and I'm so 
jacked up. I'm calling it like it's a radio game. I'm so-and-so passes to so-and-so. And, this screen, and, and so we get to the first timeout, and Stacey goes, slow down. Slow down. <laughs> the folks can see what's going on yeah. on TV. And, and, and Stacey was the best. He, yeah. he took me under his wing, and, and you know, the, that, that broadcast got better. And then the next year, I got a chance to do the game in Detroit, and I thought I actually sounded like a professional broadcaster that night. Yeah, I yeah. think I was producing that night, and I think the uh, – you did, and it, you know it's nice that King. It's nice as King is, is easy on the, the on the play by play guys. For today's oh show. my God, that's payback for you though. I know, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Hey, yeah. if you dish it out, you got to take it. You yeah, know? that's right. All right, John, your turn. Wait a minute. The reason the reason why Mark was really late. You know, he was late. He was probably late by a couple of minutes. But the reason why he was late was doing push-ups in his suit. He wanted to be ripped when he came yeah, on yeah. air. Uh, okay, Mark. Yeah, I didn't want to tell him. I was waiting for you to tell the story. Yeah. My dad said, you made right, me bring yeah. it out. Yeah. No, it's uh, it was always, it's fun to work with different people. And, and Stacy and I had so much fun that year. <laughs> we worked with like, I don't know, 15 people. Yeah, 15 people. <laughs> but yeah. it was always fun because that's where I really got to know the king because he would tell the stories he always wanted hey john you know set it up let's let's meet you know we'll have coffee or breakfast or lunch or whatever maybe coming off the bus in the hotel and you know we just got the stories going and uh and i think it was great because it just sort of broke the ice because people you know it's stacy king it's the bulls they're nervous but stacy made it real easy and and it, it was fun we, we had a, a lot of laughs uh, working with all the people of course adam you know, he was great and you, Mark, and, and it was, you know, it was a pleasure to, you know, kind of to get a chance to, okay, who's going to be the next uh, voice of the Bulls, right. you know, and be a part of that. And, and uh, yeah, Stacy was always gracious. You know, sometimes he's not as gracious to the producer, but, but <laughs> wow. certainly, uh, but he, well, but, you got a story about that? Oh, sure. If you, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Well, well since, you, since you brought it up. <laughs> well, real quick. So we're in uh, Milwaukee a couple of years for the playoffs. And if you know anything about TV, April is the worst time. I know we get to go to the playoffs and it's exciting because we get to do the first round, which are big games for the regional broadcasters. But it's in the time when there's no trucks available, no crews available, nothing. You're in the third ESPN or, and we're the third in. And I don't want to tell king or funk how rough the seas are because i just need yes. to bring the boat bring in. in bring, bring it in. in but we're doing a game in milwaukee <laughs> and you know it was young Giannis, and we were up 3-0 we thought we were going to sweep them and they kept winning games and then we had this situation with mike dunleavy and Giannis went nuts and and knocked dunleavy like into the third row and i'm in the middle of the milwaukee tape room trying to produce this and stacy's like that's bull you know Giannis hit him and and guys next to me is like ah, ah, and they want to fight me now and it's like it's getting <laughs> chippy in the tape room and i'm you know i'm it's like I, anchor this man. is behind the scenes and i'm just gentlemen. going I, I know the guy is running tape going please Please listen to King. We're going to the Telestrator. Please listen to the King. We go to the Telestrator. Of course, he doesn't <laughs> listen to the King. He starts rolling it when Stacy says freeze. He freezes it when Stacy says roll. And next, oh. uh, my name gets on the air. Hey, what are you doing back there? John Walsh is John Walsh's tape room. And John Walsh is running that machine. And I'm going, oh, I, I'm taking it here. I'm taking it to the bunker. But uh, the Bulls ended up winning that series. And uh, all good. And some things never change. You're still taking a lot of grief for stuff that's not your fault with the audio board, right? Yeah, sometimes I do. Yeah, I yeah, I certainly do. I well, certainly well, do. To, to John's John John's defense, John is probably the best producer I've ever had. Okay, number one, I'm gonna throw that out there. But I've had some pretty bad ones along the way. <laughs> I'm not gonna name any names, but I, I've had some pretty 
pretty tough guys to work with because in a basketball game, ladies and gentlemen, see, you see the finished product. The fans see the finished product. They hear me talking. They hear Adam or Neil talking. They don't really know what goes on behind the scenes with that headset on. Okay. One of my biggest pet peeves is I, I can multitask. But I can't have like three people in my ear talking at the yeah. same time. That's annoying. Especially when I'm starting to talk. Then I hear these voices. Everybody's talking in my ear at one time. John knows. John's like, when he's talking, shut up. Okay, he knows. Yeah. Okay, so I never had to worry about it. I, yeah. He yeah. talks. Yeah. I listen. Yeah, he knows. But there are some people I work with. They're talking, hey, I want to order a ham sandwich. And I'm like, yo, dude. Like, yo, yeah. let me hear what I'm talking about. Hey, uh, listen, man. I don't really give a damn about your ham sandwich. Please stop right? talking in my ear. Yeah. It's annoying, you know? And then as far as like, you know, I, I do throw the producer on the bus sometimes. I'm yeah. not going to lie. <laughs> but I've worked with guys that have forced me to throw them under the bus, okay? So when people forced see my, them. when they see me, when they see me, you work with me, Mark. When you when I, when I call for a telestration play, I've already marked off what I want to see. Yeah. So I get in there and I hit the little button and I my talk back button. I'll say, let's use John's name for, for you know, gigs, you know, giggles. John. <laughs> I need you to mark off the play that happened and right there. So uh, I hear him yes. and I tell the tape guy, hey, clip that. Yeah. That's Telly one. Yes. That's how I would do it. And the next one would be Telly yes. two. And then, you know, series of plays would go by and then we'd go to break. And then I'd have Telly one or Telly two. Call up which one. Hey, King, this is what you want to see. And he'd look at it. Yes. And go. So, so when I look at it in the break. I'm assuming when we come out of break, I'm going to see the same thing we just talked about. Makes sense. Does that make sense? Okay. That's what I'm expecting. We we just talked about it off break. I saw it. I marked off. We're freeze it, roll it. I've already said all that. So when we come back, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to the Taco Bell Telestrator play. And now we're going to see, you know, Kirk Heimer coming off a single double. This is how they play defense, yada, yada. All of a sudden, it's not Kirk Heimer coming off a single double. It's someone dribbling the ball out of bounds. Right. So now the, so now I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there like like with a dumb look on my face. The fans can't see it. Yeah. I'm sitting there like steam coming out of my ear because we just got done discussing this. Okay. So so what I do is so I do, I'll say I go. Well, that's our idiot producer. You know, John Stone Walgren or somebody's name. Oh my God. You know, and I'll call him out because because if you're watching it, you're saying, oh, Stacy King made that mistake. Because you think I'm actually doing the editing and I'm doing all the stuff with the Telestrator because it, you know, it's my Telestrator, I'm doing it. Yeah. But I'm not the one. I'm just a guy who tells you where to stop and play certain things and this is what I want to see. Now the people in the truck are the people responsible for it. That's why I always give them credit because a lot of times when we win Emmys and stuff like that, you know, about making a call or something, it's not all about us. It's not about the guys behind us make us look so good. Right. I mean, even when, even when we're not at our best, they make us look good. That's why, like, John, I always say with this guy here, like, I worked with him for eight years. And the transition that we had from the other producers that we had was, like, night and day. And he he is a national-level producer. And he's missed this day on our broadcast now. You know, everything's different now. You know, Neil's riding off in the sunset like Shane. You know, <laughs> you know and I'm that little boy. Oh, I'm little Tommy. Little, Shane! Shane! <laughs> come back you know i'm that guy i'm that guy so he's off riding off in the sunset you know john's in milwaukee you know it's, it's we've had changeover you mm-hmm. know so and, and sometimes change is good and sometimes it's bad you know it just all depends on how you look at it but 
He's awesome at what, what he does, and that's one of the reasons why he's on Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast as my producer because he is a producer extraordinaire. And since we're saluting John, I want to thank him as well for producing the game I did in Toronto, the first play-by-play broadcast I did. We had several conversations, traded emails. We went through everything that I wanted to talk about, had a great open plan, and you made it it great. But Mark, you you absolutely killed it. You know that? And it's a pleasure to be the man behind the man Mm -hmm. when stuff goes well. Because it's that, awesome. You know, that's that's my so challenge. Ne- so next time you do a Big Ten game, tell them you know a broadcaster could maybe help them out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, this, and, and seriously, they, I mean, we're giving John all this love. Yeah. We're showering him with flowers. Yes. This may be the last time that happened. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, that might have lasted for 18. the whole year, baby. You're only good at your last button push. That's right. <laughs> yeah, whatever the stinger. Well, we, he's we still need, a stinger. He's still stinger. Oh, okay. He's still stinger. Right. But, you can see you know, the stinger, too. On yeah, but right now, we're just kind of like, we're showering John with love. Yeah. But this may be the last time it happens. I'm just being honest. Mark the tape, episode 18. Time to bring down the curtain. We we hope you you enjoyed the look behind the scenes of how live television goes on. We're loving the music that John has brought to the table. We want to thank our special guest, Nick Friedel. Nick! We love Susie's stories about her trip to Alaska. Susie! And we're looking forward to next week. We're planning on having Jamal Crawford, the former Ooh. Bulls sharpshooter. Jamal Crawford. Episode 19 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. We're so, moving. Freddie Lynn. Excited. So plan for that. Stacy, take us home. Drive home safely, Chicago. Beef, beef.